Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We're so happy following the blues. We love you, but more can we say? Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, it's 7.30, it's Monday night, and of course, this is the Talk Chats, what Monday's are for, sponsored by Boyle Sports, principal sponsors of Birmingham City Football Club, and of course, M&A Riley, French Polishers, and the Garrison Coffee Company, of which I have some here, the Talk Show blend. We are blessed tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because Paul Hipkus has come back for a start. Hello, welcome, Paul. Good evening, all. Good yeah, glad back. you're on the men, buddy. Glad you're on the men, mate. Uh, Mr. Rowe? Rose now. Good evening, everybody. Okay. okay. And chairman of the board, Alan Watton. Good evening, everyone. From myself, good evening. From Chris Brown, Mrs. Good Brown. Evening. Uh, no Ollie tonight, Chris? No, no, he's not. He's no, not okay, tonight. no bother. And of course, the one and only Mr. Craig Courtney. Good evening, all. Where the show wouldn't go very far without you, sir, because you do so much work for us and we really, really, really appreciate I don't know where you get the time from, Craig. I really don't, mate. I promise you. And we're joined by ex-Blue Star and Tank Machine, <laughs> the one and only Tommy Mooney. <laughs> Evening, fellas. Thank you for the invite. Oh, mate, it's an absolute... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, first thing we do on the show, Tommy, is we ask our listeners, and they're all writing in, we can see the, uh, the, the, the the shout box going mad now already, who, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, is Tommy Mo- Mooney's alter ego? Who is Tommy Mooney's alter <laughs> ego? <laughs> Three guesses. Oh. <laughs> well, um, what can I say? One more card if we were winning again. Last minute again, wasn't it? Oh my god! Just can't hold on to that lead. It's becoming and, a running, running theme. I know, it? Chris. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Um, and at the start of the show, we congratulate Fulham for uh, their entry to the Premier. Is it the Premiership or the Premier League nowadays? It's been that long since we were there. I can't remember. <laughs> to the Premier League, they've just beaten Luton tonight, seven nil. It was a stunning game of football. It was brilliant to watch. And oh, I don't understand why we can't be like that. I really don't. I really, really don't. But there you go. That's another story. Money? Mm. Rumours circulating around, of course, about uh, BHSL selling up. Um, all kind of things with my cash in the frame. Um, spoke to my friend from Newcastle last week. He just wrote that. Good luck with that. With lots of laughter at it. So, mm. Mark, did you go to the game? I did. I went to Cardiff Saturday. Um, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um We look very comfortable. Um, it was kind. It did have an end of season sort of end of season feel about it. It was very, you know, not much of a spark. The home mm-hmm. support was totally silent. Um, I mean, going to Cardiff it always brings back good memories of the playoff final. And of course, the- of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Game wise, I'd say we looked well in control, and then we just, you know, rush of blood by Etheridge, uh, and we just threw it away yet again. I and mean, we've we've said that numerous times this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just silly, silly mistakes. That's like the second week in a row. Another 
silly penalty. Um, mm. But I've got to be honest, the general kind of... Normally, the last away game, we do make an effort, regardless of where we are in the league, we do make an effort fan-wise. But everyone just seemed absolutely drained. Um, we wasn't as loud as we normally are for the last away game. And mm. I, I, got the, I got the feeling everybody sort of wanted it to be the last game. Really, I think um, I think I think so. for me, I think for me as an attack, our attacking players just need to be more clinical when the chances come, you know. Um, and I mean, Tommy, as an attacking player yourself, on the coaching, you know, on the coaching field, does it make a huge difference? Do you, do you actually need coaching to put the ball in the back of the net, or is it just a natural gift? You think? I mean, throughout I your it's career, more, it's, it's more a case of the knowledge of being in the right place at the right time, which is the knack to scoring goals, isn't it? And then, yeah, when you get that chance, it's being composed and letting everybody else be the hotheads around you and be calm and, and, and try and slot it in whatever corner you're picking. Um, but, yeah, look at the front players in the squad. I mean, you had Troy, Jukovic and Scott Hogan on the bench yeah. on, on Saturday. So you, you go in with, with a front two and then you've got them three on the bench. But there, there should be goals in that squad. It's whether, whether there's enough chances created. Obviously, as part of the strikers' union, I'm going to blame the midfielders and everybody else for not, <laughs> for not put, putting the ball in the box often enough. If the ball comes in the box, then it's then it's our fault. Yeah. If it's if it's not coming in the box, you can't be expected to score goals from outside of the box no. and get still get your 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 15, 20 goals. No, exactly. <laughs> I think we get the ball in the box often enough. We don't get our forwards in the box often enough. You know, we're, we're, it's one against four when that we, we get a cross in. This is, you know, we, we don't overpower the opposition. We, 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 we're relying on perfect crosses, you know, so it picks the one man out that's there. Yeah. Alan, did you, Alan, sorry, Alan, did you go or did you watch it on TV? No, I, I, I only saw the highlights. I saw various, yeah, yeah, yeah. various versions of the highlights. Um, our own... Um, version showed a lot more of our attacking play, which mm-hmm. you know we we played some good stuff, but the ball in the box doesn't <clears throat> find its man, and you know we can argue whose fault that is, mm-hmm. um, but that's a fact. We don't the, the two don't marry up. Get good crosses no. in, there's nobody there. Because yeah, Craig, your thoughts? Sorry, Craig. Sorry, Craig's thoughts. I'll go, Craig. I, I mean, I I watched I watched the game, and I thought. It, it, it was it was a typical end of season. We're not playing for anything. Game. Um, agree with Mark. I mean, I was I was really surprised because normally there's decent atmosphere down in Cardiff, and it was it was really really quiet. I don't think, firstly, that helps the game. I don't think it ever does. If there's a decent atmosphere, you you do get and do tend to see a, a different performance from the players. But all in all, we we were we were on top. Um, for a change, listening to some of the Sky commentary as well, they actually were putting us as the as the favoured team, which was very unusual. Um, obviously, they'd been drinking before they went on air, but <laughs> overall, it was it was just a typical end of season. And I agree, it's it's extremely flat. Did the whole, I think, atmosphere around everything at the moment is is flat, and it's 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 actually it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. No, it's too no, much going I, on, Craig, isn't it? Right, back to your back to your comment, Paul. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Nicky. I was just gonna say no, that, don't you know, I'm gonna sound like a broken record now again, but when we had James Beatty, that was the best goal scoring season we've had. When we had James Beatty as our coach with Gary Monk, that was the best goal scoring season we'd had for years, you know, since Chris Newton was here. 
you know, and I just think, you know, on the if we can get somebody on the coaching field with, you know, like James Beattie or like yourself, Tommy, or someone who can teach them, you know, to be in the right place at the right time, then I think that would make a world of difference. Because I think we've got the players there to do it. They just need to be coached mm. properly. Mm. Yeah. Tommy, have, have you got your coaching badge, Tommy? I have, yeah. Yeah, I did. I actually completed my coaching badges while I was playing for Birmingham. Really? So, okay. Yeah, so a, a long time Is that time unusual ago. or is that not unusual? Um... I think it's more it's more now. Perhaps I was a little bit early. Mm. Normally, I mean, I was, what, 30, 31 when I came to Blues and then didn't retire till I was 38. So I still I had aspirations to go into coaching while I was playing. And mm. I suppose you, it's that 30-year-old that market, all of a sudden you're a senior pro. So whether you're a coach or not, whether you're captain, you're a senior pro in the dressing room, it's your responsibility to help the other players out. And it's, I just see that coaching as a natural progression um, from that side of it. And if I'd stayed in England and never gone to play in Spain at the end, I'm sure I would have gone into a player coaching role at Walsall where I, where I eventually finished in England. Um, but then when you go to Spain for, for three years, it's more difficult to come back and then into a job. But I think it, it's all right having somebody that, that can coach Monday to Friday you still, you've still got to have the player that knows where to be, how to make his runs. You can tell them yeah. on, a, on, on a, on a, you know, between ten and twelve o'clock through the week on the training pitch, but they've got to want to do that on a match day as well, because yeah. invariably, you know, most of the time that's you've got to go into a into a body of players. That's where you're going to get hurt, or you've got to run a little bit faster or a little bit smarter than than somebody else on a match day. So, I, I, yeah. I agree with what you're saying about the coaching. Listen, we've had goalkeeper coaches for 30 years. Yeah. I don't get why there's not, you know, independence position specific coaching. I've, yeah. I fully agree with that side of it. We, I've coached in, in academies as a, as a position specific coach, working with young strikers. So, yeah, I, I think that that will come. The problem is now we, you've got more analysts and physios and sports scientists where where are the co where are the other coaches going to sit on the bus mm -hmm. yeah 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 football is the only sport that doesn't have specialist coaches i i you know all the american sports will oh, have american yeah nfl will have well, yeah. defense yeah. defensive mm -hmm. coaches offensive mm -hmm. coaches kicking coaches yeah. whatever yeah. but you know what else they have Cricket. You know what else they have on it? Two coaches. Two coaches to take them all down. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. it all seems to be behind in that. You, you only talk about goalkeeping coaches, which is the obvious. Uh, but, uh, you know, they are, they are the, the, the different positions are, 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 have so many specialist needs. Yeah, we know we can all teach somebody to trap a ball and pass it properly and blah, blah, blah. But learning how to defend is, is an art that, that you don't pick up overnight. Mm. And the same with, with scoring goals. You know, mm. some people are yeah. blessed and just turn up at the right time. Others have, have talent, but nothing here, you know. No, exactly, yeah. Yeah, we had a good uh, early question coming in for you, Tommy, from Stephen Gill. He said, what was your favourite goal for Blues and what was your favourite goal th throughout your whole career as well? Um, I, I suppose technically for Blues would have been the, the one against Norwich. I think it was the second one of the hat trick. 
Yeah, it was outside, a outside of the yeah. box. I scored more goals for Blues outside of the box than I did for any other club. Most yeah. of my bread and butter goals mm. were in and around. You'd call it the twelve-yard box. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was at, I was at Stockport. I was at Stockport when you got a worldie there as well with the outside of your left foot, sort of curled it around the keeper. I remember that one. That was just because I was knackered and I, I, I didn't have it in me to take another touch. And I just thought, go and I'll, I'll give it a go. Quality. That is up there. That is proper quality. I can remember your, your, your goal at Millwall yeah. When, yeah. from the free kick. And obviously we're the other end and you kicked it straight mm. in the wall and there was a, oh, and then it come back to you, you whacked it, it flew in the net. That was ours on the training ground, that was. Ours on the training ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult to get it to come back off the wall like that, but we managed it on that day. That was the plan. Uh, and in your whole career, Tommy, what about throughout your whole career? Have you got a favourite goal in your whole career? Have you still got the match ball? I've still got the match ball, yeah. It's in, my, oh, yeah. Yes. It's in the loft, yeah, yeah. my dad's. Um, in the loft? It's in Should the loft of Tommy yeah, Mooney's. Listen, mate, I, I've never played football in my life, and I've got a museum to Birmingham City Football Club in my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, when when I moved out to Spain, all everything that everything to do with my career was my dad looked after. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, everything's in there, but n nothing of any value. Just you know, no, it's personal value, personal value, personal value, personal yeah, value. and I've I've got things. Um, in, in, in my room down the bottom there, like, I've got a, a great big plastic check. I won a grand on the on on the um, half-time lottery draw, and it's a, a really long story. But I had, I had a two-page spread in the program, right in the centre, when yeah. I wrote in and told them what I did with the money. And you know, it, it, they're personal things, and I think like, irrespective of of whether they are worth like a fortune or worth nothing to anybody else, they're yours. Yeah. But uh, I must. Sorry, can I just? I mentioned this because I forgot to mention it last week. Uh, Wendy Mills, she says, um, "Hi all, please can you join me at, at Saturday seventh of May for my hair shave awareness for male and female fans for breast cancer." A blues ten lady supporting one of our own who is in remission. Uh, the changing room bar Tilton. Thanks in advance. That's from uh, Wendy Mills. So Ooh, what day? Give us good, that's that's on the that's the the day of the game, seventh of May. Last day. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be sharing a just giving link as well after oh, the show for, for people to put donations in too for that. So uh, look out for that. Yeah. Steve Portman says evening everyone can't stay on long. Been a heavy weekend emotionally, physically, and mentally. Hope everyone is okay. Yeah, we're okay, mate. And do you know what? More than that, Steve, we hope that you're okay. Yeah. And just add at this point as well, fantastic stories from Excessive Blues and. Brilliant work as always that they're doing with the uh, tickets that have been gifted to the two lucky supporters for this upcoming weekend's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fans and players joint meeting stroke uh, end of season dinner. So well done to those that have, have got through, but even more importantly, fantastic from Excessive Blues again. Mm -hmm. Always, like always to, um, at the forefront doing so much good for so many people. And they're beautiful people, so... Go on, Paul. Could I just say that in ten days, in, in I can't speak. In ten days' time, in ten days' time, it's twenty years since that wonderful day in Cardiff when we got really? past Norwich on penalties. Yeah. yeah, and I just want to reminisce oh, sort of that season, Tommy, because you were top goal scorer that season, and you was my player of the season as well. Um, you must have got goal of the season. Um, 
you know, so yeah, talk talk us through sort of like how the move came about in the beginning, and and just talk us through your memories of the season as well, because because that was the season Trevor went as well, wasn't it? And obviously, Brucey came in and, and got us over the line. Yeah, it was. It was to be truthful to, to you, it, it could have happened in the March, the season before I came. Okay. I think Tre- Trevor had tried to get me in just before the window shut. Uh, well, it was deadline day then; it wasn't a window. Yeah. Um, but. Watford still had a chance of getting into the playoffs that season. Obviously, we'd been relegated from the Premier League um, and the, the gaffer just, he wasn't going to let me go. Graham Taylor wasn't going to let me go. They'd offered, even though I was out of contract at the season, end of the season, I think they'd offered 500 grand. So, you know, the, the club put it to the, left it to the gaffer because he made all the decisions. Um, and I never got to speak to Trevor. But as soon as that season ended, um, you know, I knew I was leaving Watford. Viali was coming in. He wanted a clean sweep. I was out of contract. So I spoke to I spoke to eight clubs in the championship and then of which Birmingham was one. Um, went and met Trevor and his, his late wife, Helen, at, at their house. Um, yes, I, yeah, I had breakfast in the garden and they made a big impression on me. And as I was driving back to my Hertfordshire home um, with my agent, um, I had a call from Walter Smith, who was the Everton manager. So I obviously delayed Birmingham for another day and went to speak to Walter Smith because I, I didn't want to... I, I always felt if a club wanted me to sign for them, I owed it to them to speak to them. I never said no to anybody straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, it was, I, I was on a Bosman, so it was a, it was a big financial decision for me. Um and I actually turned down Everton to come to, to Birmingham, probably because, you know, I, I always knew I could play in the championship and do really well and scored a lot of goals. Um, and the Premier League, I wasn't a Premier League player. So I wanted to enjoy my football. The contract was exactly the same. So it, it, it wasn't much of a decision, really. I thought I'd play more games at Birmingham. And having spoken to the owners and Karen and Trevor, you know, I felt we'd have a real good chance of getting promotion, and I loved promotions. Yeah. So it, it, I was, it just fell really well. Having said that, there was only me and Nico signed in that summer. Mm. The owners and Karen had told me we'd be signing three or four more more players. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> what owners lying? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought? Eh? But then, obviously, you know, I, I started well. Um, I think I had four goals in my first five games and then and then I cracked my ankle. So by the time I missed two and a half, two and a half months, by that time, I think, you know, Trevor had, had got the sack um, and Brucey was coming in. And then all of a sudden the players start to arrive then to, to help yeah. the ones out that, that we already had. So it was, a, it was a tough time, I've got to be honest, because I was close to Trevor. Um, in fact, I bought a house four doors down from Trevor and Helen. That's that's how good our relationship was. <laughs> okay. Because Helen was, she was brilliant. She got yeah, the kids into like a school. She made, she made the, the, the kids feel like princesses and a prince. And it, it was just a lovely relationship. Jeez. So I felt that, <clears throat> that was difficult for me, knowing I couldn't help Trevor. Um, you know, in fact, I walked down to his house one night and Mick Mills and Jim Barron were there. And he said, like, I think that's about it. And it was, it was tough because I thought 
you've done put, pulled out everything you can to sign me here, and I'm I've still got me I've still got my foot in a boot. <laughs> you know, I can't help you. But then obviously the professional kicks in after that, and I got myself back fit. Brucey comes in and still still scored some goals and, and we went on to you know very similar to Watford did a few years before I think we won 12 of the last 13 games or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. and and it's always the team that finishes sixth have that momentum going into the playoffs yeah. and with Brucey was brilliant just not not a coach um but man management he was brilliant um, yeah. and just put everybody at ease because <clears throat> The money that the club had spent assembling the team that ended the season, we were under a bit of pressure to get in the playoffs minimum, you know, to pay for some of those players. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, you get to the playoffs, you want to win them, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, we, we, we saw in Jeff Kenner, Steve Vickers, Stone John, yes, Devlin, uh, put, 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 Devs Devlin came, came back, didn't mm-hmm. he? Um, Devs came back in, yeah. yeah. So it was Pebbly. Yeah. Pebbly, yeah. Pebbly, yeah. We actually, How does a football did. club like Birmingham City ever sack a manager like Trevor Francis? You know, he, he's he's well, he's just been a cult hero throughout his um, whole career and 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 after, um, mm. and then you know when they give him that opportunity to do that uh, the 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 book signing session, and they chuck him in the in the club shop with you know not enough yeah. books. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. shambles, shambles, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's all end results, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. But that, that season, though, that 0102 season was just fantastic. Not just because we got promoted, but the whole season, you know, obviously yourself, when Stern come in, Devlin coming back, and obviously Horst was bagging the goals as well. And, you know, I mean, I, I used to love Stan Lazaridis as well, you know, people like that, Brian Hughes. You know, I mean, it was a great, it was a great side, you know. And as a fan now, um, with the team we've got now looking back, it's just worlds apart. It really is. Mm-hmm. I just hope that we can get something like, if we get something to that level again, <coughs> You know, it'd just be so good, you know? That was a good where, side. Great side. Where Brucey Bruce was really good was that, you know, he brought brought Stern in. Stern was scoring a lot of goals at the end of the season. We all know how good Horse was, but we played two up front. So yeah. where Brucey was good is we played 4-4-2. I was playing more left. Yeah, because you was because, competing with Stan, weren't you, Tom? You was, yeah. you was competing well, with Stan for that shirt. Essentially, what it was, I mean, it's not it's not a tactical side of it, but it was, when I was in the team, it was a 4-3-3. Because, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah. a left winger, but I had 15 goals in 33 games, so I probably deserved a place in the team. Definitely. But Stern was start scoring goals, and Horse needed to be in the team because of what he did. He brought to the group. Yeah. So, I, if he... I wanted to play. So when he asked me and said, listen, I've, I see this, this left-hand side for you. It doesn't mean you're playing left wing. I need you in the box. Every time the ball's on the right-hand side of the pitch, you get in the box. It really mm. suited me. And I still, yeah. I still kept the goals ticking along. But because we were winning games, almost every game, with 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to go, he'd bring, take me off, bring Stan on, and we'd go to a, a, a structured 4-4-2 because we were winning the game. Yeah. If we were chasing yeah. the game, he wouldn't take a goal scorer off. But Stan was brilliant in his own right at what he did as a wide left player, which I wasn't. Yeah. So that's I, I think that's that's one of Brucey's it that it was just his knowledge and experience that gets probably your best players in the team. Yeah. You've got to you've got to tweak your principles of how you want to play. 
to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And he probably, he, he did that with a couple of other, like if you think of the central midfield lads as well, Hughesy never played in every game. Um, Johnty never played every game. No, mm. yeah. But you always had, you know, me, Dev, Stern and Horse in the team. Yeah. So, you, yeah. you, you're creating goal, if you're creating chances, you need your goal scorers on the pitch and he, that's essentially what, what he did. And, and he yeah. kept us all happy. Yeah. You know, it was one of yeah. them. He never lost Stan because Stan wasn't starting games because he, he explained to Stan the situation too, you know. Yeah. And then when he did it in the, against Norwich at, at Cardiff, I was I was almost pleased because it meant I didn't have to take a penalty. So I was <laughs> more than happy. <laughs> 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 I've got, got to thank you for that, that day. <laughs> just, just one of them beautiful moments. Um, oh. uh, do you remember, right, Birmingham City's mascot? At the Millennium? Uh, all, all the time. Bob Brummy, you mean? Not, Not the man. Yeah, Bob Brummy. Here's Bob the Cat. She's making a <laughs> weekly appearance on the Tilton Talk. <laughs> Baby, you're a beautiful girl. Off you go. <laughs> Don't steal my yeah, life. Uh, yeah. That, that, that... <laughs> That playoff final from the stands was just torture as a fan. I'm not going to lie. Until Darren Carter yeah. put that penalty in, yeah. it was it was just like being on a roller coaster for two hours. When it it was just to be, oh. to be honest, Paul, it was like it was like um, we we're still we still had the weather to cup final in our minds. We think, oh no, here we go again. Yeah, obviously, more, we? obviously with penalties as well. Having lost yeah. to obviously Tommy, mm-hmm. you'll remember Watford. Obviously, I won't talk about that much. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you with hair in that game, Tommy. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, wasn't a lot of it. I have to say though, I have to say, now, funny you bring that up because you know the atmosphere at St Andrews that night when oh. big deals when yeah. big deals scored mm. early on, yeah, and we were thinking, oh god, here we go. The noise yeah. in the stadium that night is one of the loudest. Yeah, atmospheres I've ever played in. I remember shouting at another one of the Watford players. Goose keep... bump alert! Goose bump alert! Goose bump <laughs> alert! Yeah, <laughs> me, me too. But I remember shouting. I was ten yards away from Peter Kennedy, saying, "Keep calm, just keep the ball." And I couldn't hear myself speak, and I was screaming wow. as loud as I could. That night, the noise in the stadium when Deal scored, it was one of the reasons that I wanted to come to the club because the atmosphere yeah. was. As good, even though I was an opposition player that night, mm. it was as good as any atmosphere. I've it, it's a shame, really. We, on, we we have we have supporters even now that um, they don't they have no idea of that atmosphere, even though it's only tw- twenty years ago. And we try we try we try telling them about what it was like, you know. Oh, in the seventies. Oh, well, no, not, not in the seventies. Just twenty 70s. years ago, in the, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's yeah. crazy, absolutely crazy. Oh, and, yeah. and I agree, the atmosphere then, Tommy. Oh my life! Yeah, and it was a really, yeah. it was a really hot night as well, wasn't it? It was a proper yeah. Like, yeah. Summer's night. It was, it was mm. just, you know, yeah, yeah. It, was inc- it was really, it really was. Obviously, we we got the better of it with the with the penalties, and well, we all know mm. if it goes to penalties, yeah. it's it's a toss of a coin. It's just you know who yeah. holds their nerve. But that is that genuinely that night taking that penalty is the most nervous I've been in my whole career. Yeah. But and not that it helps you boys, I know that. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but Alec it, Chamberlain, it, Alec Chamberlain in goal for what for that night though was like Superman, wasn't he? He was just saving everything. Mm. Unbelievable. He was incredible. Even in the in the running, I mean, we'd won twelve of the last thirteen or thirteen of the last fourteen to get in the playoffs. Yeah. And um some of the saves he made, and even in the playoff final at Wembley. You know, I had a good Johnson 
had three really good chances. I mean, we could have been three 0 down before we'd scored if it wasn't for Alec Chamberlain. He's he's yeah, you know, one of the unsung heroes. Even, mm. but he kept us in the game at St Andrews and kept us in the game at Wembley. But it was yeah. it was such same Paul though. Uh, when you when you look back at um, uh, the Carling Cup final, and plus was it was off the scale, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, we, we need to get. We, we, I mean, it'd be so awesome to sit in St Andrews like that again, like it was that night against Wanford in the playoffs. Yeah, it was just mm-hmm. un- unbelievable. We, you, you could probably count. You know, there's probably been a, probably about what only about ten occasions like it since. Would you say mm-hmm. West Ham, the European yeah. nights? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I'm going to say Ipswich, Ipswich semi-final. Ipswich. Oh, crikey, yeah, the Ipswich. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was scary, yeah. How old were you, Craig? How old would you have been, Craig? Uh, at that point in time... 43. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just getting ready to turn 44, Chris, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I'd have been in my late 20s at that point in time. But uh, Right, Okay. I've experienced a mixture of, of atmospheres and still to this day, even even the finals, that Ipswich, yeah. that Ipswich, that Ipswich guy, atmosphere yeah. is just the best. And it's that, that's probably what's damaged the stands. That, oh yeah, yeah. But also, also yeah. pride in making the stand go like this. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. there were people <laughs> that were saying it was moving. That that atmosphere when Blues and Liverpool walked out. Mm. And oh, we yeah. Have, we out some of them. Yeah, yeah the, word, the wording's Because you know what? Yeah. We got big gobs, us brummies. Yeah. <laughs> there was two moments in that playoff final nearly 20 years ago when, when Devs had a free kick, if you remember. It went about that far over the crossbar. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then Jono hits the post. Yeah, right. And I'm yeah. think, and I'm sitting there starting to think, it ain't going to be our day. But then, you know... Um, when Darren Carter yeah. puts that penalty in, it was just um, what a feeling that was when Carter puts that penalty away. Paul, you're the savant. Probably. Who was a Norwich player that came on and then scored? You and Roberts. You and Roberts. Do you know what? The second he came on, I thought, I said to my boys, right, he's going to score. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I saw um, Darren Eady when I was with work over in Ipswich Way, and he said to me that they thought that was it. They thought that that was... That was it, like that was a golden goal, but it wasn't. You know, I think they'd stopped the rule the year before or something. Yeah, um, okay. so they're all celebrating as though the referee was going to blow the whistle, and that was it, but that wasn't it. You know, <laughs> they the, the realized if you look at Nigel Worthington, you know, he's telling all his players to go back down the other end because they're all celebrating as though they've won. It was, it was one of those, one of those days, wasn't it, where the atmosphere was incredible, yeah, the, the roof was closed. To yeah. be honest, yeah. in, in, the, in the first half, you couldn't breathe at pitch, pitch level no, because no. there was nowhere for the, the smoke to go from the fireworks. So you, see, you see the players. I mean, we did a thing a couple of weeks ago um, with, with Darren Carter and Debs where we watched the game back in a cinema in town. Oh, I'm wow. sure they're going to use it on their socials soon. I hope that they don't mind me blowing that, but that's what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> and it, and the, so the three of us were saying... Three of us were saying, you know, when you see all of the fireworks, I genuinely at half time I was still coughing because there was nowhere for the smoke to I go. I hate them. I absolutely <laughs> hate them. Yeah. With a and passion. sweaty, they as well. stink. They absolutely stink. I just remember, was it Atomic Kitten that were playing live before? Yeah. yeah, I nearly, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. I nearly yeah. knocked one of them over in the tunnel. I'm not sure which one it was. <laughs> but I ran in. I ran in after after the warm up, and they were coming out to play. 
And like we all had big studs on because as much as the stadium looked amazing, the pitch wasn't the best because it, really? they had it they had it on pallets, didn't they? There was a big thing of it at the time, but it kept tearing up. So you had big studs in. And I'm, I've run down the tunnel. It was like a superstitious thing. I always used to run back into the dressing room. And they were stood in the tunnel. And I've tried to put my brakes on with big studs on, on the concrete tunnel and gone straight into like a, a group of them stood there. Nearly went arse over tip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which one it was, but, 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 but one of them had like almost an elbow coming down the tunnel. I'm trying to think that's, of it. I'm, I'm that's actually the 30th swear word we've ever had on the Tuck Talk Talks in 11 and a half years, right? <laughs> and I can guarantee you now Barry Fry did 16 of them. Dom Kavanagh says the the Tilton was flexing below our feet yeah, during the Wat, during yeah, the Watford yeah, semi final. Yeah, a heartbreaking yeah. night, Kevin Paul. And here's one from Seaport as well. Man United fans protesting tonight. They don't know what it's like to be on your knees. You're absolutely <laughs> absolutely, right. absolutely <laughs> right. Spot on. Oh, yeah, yeah, bang on. T- Tommy, Tommy. Going, going to the game oh. and seeing, getting to that penalty stage, Darren Carter getting up there, as a player, how did it feel? Did you think he was going to put that away? And, you know, as he, as he was stepping up, did you give any advice? Um, no, like you said, I was just pleased that, obviously, Stan came on. I think he took the third one, which would have been mine if I was still on the pitch. Yeah. So... I remember thinking once Stan had took his and scored, that made me feel better because if he'd have missed, I'd have felt awful because mm. that should have been mine and I, I, I'd have been confident to score. But then I sort of relaxed after Stan had taken his. But Daz, is, Daz was like, I can't explain how relaxed he was for such a young, for such a young lad. He's been on you the show a couple of times. He's, he's, he said that that's exactly how he felt as well. He was, mm. he was almost to the point, he was so relaxed, it made me nervous. Mm. <laughs> you know, but it was just exuberance of youth. He just, he, he didn't think about, say me as a 31-year-old, I'd know with the grief that I got if I missed the penalty that we went out. Mm. I don't think he at his age never thought of it like that. He just seen it as an opportunity. Yeah, he was just fearless, wasn't he? But we, we, yeah. went, we went, we celebrated in the Emerald Club after by St Andrews and his mum and yeah. dad came in. And yeah. uh, his, his dad was literally sat there with about 19 point training and he hadn't paid for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's a question here from um, Andrew Driscoll. He says, uh, Tommy, who do you think compares to yourself in the modern game? Well, that's a good question. Right yeah. question. Doors are always It's, it's going to be a difficult one as well. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always want to play yourself down, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, no, build yourself up. Go on. No, I, 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 scored, I scored a lot of goals in the Championship and, and the EFL. I never played an awful lot of Premier League games, but I suppose that, like my style is similar to like a Dini and a, and a Shira type. You know, mm-hmm. very very similar in those moulds. But obviously, I was I'm the bronze medal out of those. They've scored a lot more Premier League goals than I have. But but it's just that it, I was an old old school number nine. That could yeah. play on the left wing if if it needed yeah. to. Oh, if I needed to. Could we just do with one now? I, think, I was, I was I just going to say the same thing, Nick. Yeah. I think at Blues, Tommy. I think at Blues after you, um, the player that we had probably most like you, I would say, his game was Gary McSheffery because he was from the left, scoring yeah. goals as well. Yeah, you know, he scored a lot of goals as well for us. Yeah, um, you know, comparison so, that is. Yeah. 
I think the key to it was I, I didn't mind where I didn't mind where I played as long as I got chances to score because yeah. I I loved scoring goals, just loved yeah. it. Even in yeah. training, I, yeah. I, I loved it. You know, was it, it was it Tommy the, the euphoria of the crowd or was it just the fact that you have scored a goal? You know what? It's I'd say it's more relief, Nick. Mm. To be fair, mm. because mm. if you brought whatever club signed me, they brought me in to score goals. So. Yeah. If I scored, I'm doing my job. No matter yeah. how many you set up or if you win the game, I was always of the mindset that if I hadn't scored, I hadn't done my job. So mm-hmm. it was a case of relief and then euphoria with the supporters, yeah. Okay. We lose a game and you haven't scored. What's Tommy Mooney like on that night? Oh, well, the kids knew they were going to bed before casualty. <laughs> what, before there was a casualty? The kids knew if we won a game, they were allowed to stay up. We'd have a takeaway and they were allowed to stay up. And watch <laughs> that is absolutely super. Mate. Yeah, Tommy, a few people on the chat. Oh, my God. Have, they've compared, they've done the comparisons for you. Uh, Charlie Austin, Andrew Johnson, yeah. super, super Kev, there you go. Dugarry. Chris Burke, uh, you're a bit flattered now, aren't you? <laughs> Christoph, Christoph had a much better fringe than I did. <laughs> <laughs> You've had the same star for years, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you play with Super Kev, Tommy? Did you play with Kevin Phillips at Watford? I did, yeah, yeah. When he first yeah. when he first came in, he was, yeah. He unreal, was, unreal striker, wasn't he? I want a player. His, yeah. his progression, his progression from when he left Watford and went to Sunderland was as quick as any other player that I've played with. Yeah, you know, he yeah. went, he, he probably, I don't know what he would have been, maybe 20, 25, yeah. something like that. When he went to, to Sunderland between yeah. 25 and 28, he'd become, well, he'd become an international. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. At Watford, Sunderland took a gamble on him because at Watford, he wasn't in the, he wasn't in the team every week. No. I, yeah. was, I was playing with Kev or with somebody else. Um, because he'd come out of non-league, he just didn't have, he didn't have that, the day-to-day grit of mm. a goal scorer in the championship needed. For, for, for me, it was all those last-minute goals that he scored when he came out as a substitute. Yeah, mm. yeah oh, so man, time after time after time. But he oh. learned, he learned his trade so well, and that's you know I've, pro- I've probably never said it to Kev um, to his face, but I think he's he learned his trade quicker and better than almost any other player that I can I can remember in, during my career. Mm, yeah, mm. outstanding finisher. Him and Mikel Forsell, um, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, number nine, you know, out and out centre forwards, just brilliant. Yeah. It's funny, it's funny you should mention um, Kevin because in a way, I mean, okay, we signed Troy, but I think people were expecting Troy to play week in, week out, score 25 goals. But I always thought that you'd be more like a Kevin Phillips, you know, Use, use, you know, from the bench experience may not Imp- score an impact. 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 Mark, I do, I do think we were expecting an awful lot more from him than what he's actually given. I'm sorry, um, but that's think, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, I do think Troy's the best finisher at the club. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't Premier League quality. Yeah. I mean, Tommy, what's your what's your views on on Troy, Tommy? Uh, I'm quite close to Troy. You know, he, he when he was at, at Walsall as a kid, that was my last year. So we, and obviously because of the Watford connection, you know, we, we speak quite often. Um, 
And I, I knew something was in the offing when he FaceTimed me to tell me about the Birmingham move because he never FaceTimes me. Um, so I knew something was off. Um, and I just, you know, I said to him, it's, it's not going to be as easy as you think, but you can't turn it down. What I would say, fellas, is he's only 33. Mm. You know, he, he looks after himself. He's got an awful lot to do off the pitch. I'd like him to concentrate a little bit more on the pitch. Yeah. But because of the two seasons that he's had at Watford before he came here, you know, he's not played a lot of football because mm. he's had those niggling injuries and one bad injury at, at, at Watford at the end of last season. Mm. So he's not, he never came to Blues match fit. Mm. And then he's, he's got another little niggly injury. I think he needs, he needs a run of games. He, hundred percent is the best centre forward that Blues have got at the moment. Whether he's yeah. thirty-three or thirty-five, Absolutely. he's still the best player. Yeah. But he cares, and he probably, mm-hmm. when you care like that as a player, it makes it more difficult. And he's mm. under an enormous amount of pressure from all of you guys because of, you know, he's coming back to the club and it's his club. But he'll put himself under more pressure than anybody else can. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's he's big enough and bold enough to be able to take it. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, Tommy. Sorry, Paul. I was going to say, to be honest, um, the amount of sort of this outpouring of emotion on social media, people are writing him off already. I think with a good pre-season, get his injuries out of the way, and have one last big season next season, which potentially could be his last. I think we'd be stupid to write him off. I I I agree with you. He needs he needs a pre-season under his belt. Listen, whether you. Whether you're 24 Mark, great or 30, call, mate. Great call. You need a pre-season under your belt. He never had that at Watford. He never had it. No. So he came to you having, having played probably 30 minutes, maybe an hour's football within the last four months before he signed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he needs a pre-season under his belt. That'll help him. He also needs, he probably needs for the manager to know what his best starting team is because there's been times when he's been fit and Troy hasn't been in it. So you've got to you've got to work like we talked about in in the dressing room that I played in with with Stern and Horse. You know you've got to, you've got to work. A manager's got to work out how to get his best players on the pitch. Yeah, and yeah. Um, for me, that's where I'm not sure whether Lee knows what his best team is. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, it took it took. I mean, Shay Adams. Mm. Obviously, we got we got we got 15, 16 million for Shay Adams, and you know he didn't score over twenty goals for about three seasons. You know, he scored. I think his top goal scoring season was seven goals, and then mm. suddenly, bang! You know, we've got yeah. a finisher. You know, yeah. and yeah. I'm hoping. I'm, although he's although he's thirty three and he's at a different end of his career, I'm, I'm hoping the same thing happens with Troy. You know, hopefully he'll just. It'll just will go on a good run. But like you say, yeah. Tommy, he needs a run of games. He does need a run yeah. of games. He does. He needs a he needs a run of games. But what what you get from Troy, and I, listen, it's difficult talking about him because he's a mate of mine. Mm. But what you get from him that supporters don't see is what you get at the training ground. Mm. The things he'll do for that group to bring together that a group of a group of men can't necessarily win you games. But a group no. of, of men that are cohesive and all going in the same direction, and if one steps out of line, the others bring them back in. That's what you'll get from Troy at the training ground. Do you think, Tommy, it's a case of him coming in and possibly shaking people out of the comfort zone who've been sat in that comfort zone for the last five years, mm. and he's just come in and they don't like it? 
given the opportunity, that's that's he's the perfect man to do that. And every yeah. dressing room needs that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It's more difficult to get a player out than it is to get a player in at any football club. Yeah. And you could argue at Birmingham, there's perhaps more that need to go out than more that needs to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Very, sim- very similar to, to, to Watford, you know, right now, who, who are all, all but relegated from the Premier League, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and probably two dozen other clubs around the country, but it's harder mm-hmm. to get them out because they're under contract. Yeah. But what you can do when you bring in strong leaders into a dressing room, they can sort them out and say, you either pull your weight or you, you're going to lose everything in here. Mm. Could you see, Tommy, could you see Troy being a manager one day? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he's got the character, hasn't he? he yeah, he's, he's got the character. Uh, he's, he's doing his badges. I think he'll have an awful lot of options when he decides mm. to, to go that way. My personal opinion is it's too early for him now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe in, in a year or two's time, um, that he, he'll have that option. Whether he decides to do it or not, he'll have that option. Mm. Yeah. Tommy, can I just say, can I say, <clears throat> excuse me, I appreciate how brutally honest you are, mate. No, 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 I, I mean that because, like, this conversation, and I've, I've, I've proper like listened into this in a deep kind of way, and the that's honesty right. that's coming out of, of, of you tonight, mate, is absolutely superb. Brilliant, loving it, loving it. I think yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Your reference is off the field stuff. Uh, personally, I always, you know, when, when he arrived, he's, he's he's on talk sport on a Monday morning, and blah blah blah. Is, I think that's half the problem. I, and, and you wonder, what, is, is he going to carry on doing that? You know. <laughs> Yeah, how's it? And, and obviously, his book came out, and obviously, he became a bit of a political person. Um, all all great things, you know. No, no criticism of him for doing that, but you know, at the end of the day, your Birmingham City centre forward, and we, we we want you concentrating on us. Now, I'm Absolutely. not suggesting he doesn't concentrate on us, but it's. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing if he's, I'm guessing if he's injured. So many out- out, out, yeah. some things outside the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. he's injured, he's got, he's got other things to do. You know, if he's got other things to do, why not, why not do them? Yeah. A couple of, couple of quick questions for Tommy from earlier. Uh, Jez McDonough asked Tommy, um, who, was your, um, who was your football hero growing up? Oh, I'm glad uh, you picked that one, Paul, because I was just about oh, to do that, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll also <clears> throw in, what, who, was your, who was your team growing up as well? Who was your actual team and as well? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
uh, as a kid. Linked, linked to the two. I was my dad was a massive, still is a, a massive Liverpool supporter. So I was okay. growing up in the seventies and eighties. I I followed Liverpool too, and and Kenny Dalglish was my hero. Okay. I've had the fortune to meet that man, right? And I'll tell you a very quick story about it, Tommy. Right, we um, I did a lot of work for um, a very well-known tyre company many years ago. Um, my eldest son, who's now thirty-six, was about seven at the time, and we got given two tickets for a Dads and Lads Day at Anfield. And this is when Kenny Dalglish came back to Liverpool, managing Blackburn. Yeah. Right. Now, I said to my six-year-old, seven-year-old child at that time, right, there was so many competitions going on, and there was a bottle of Anfield champagne, which I wanted for my museum, right? And that was on one competition, and then there was uh, all sorts of things on other ones, and, and, and one of them was guess the, guess the Goal, right? So I said to Adam, he was, what, six or seven years old? Uh, give Daddy a number between one and 90. Let's say he said 23. Give Daddy a number between one and 60, 35, right? 23 minutes, 35 seconds. The goal went in at 23 minutes and 35 seconds. Hmm? Wow. The managing directors of Liverpool, Blackburn, Kenny Dalglish, whoever uh, <laughs> Liverpool's managed, was it Gerard Houllier? Was it? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, They all came down and they said, <clears throat> it, uh, th that was the day, that I, the only day that I've also held the FA Cup. The FA Cup, not, not a replica. The FA Cup, right? I don't, I'm my son's head. I've got a photograph of it on my phone. And they came down and they said, in the history of Liverpool Football Club, we don't think this has ever been done before, but somebody has guessed not only the minute the goal went in, but the second, Adam Spall. And he was like, Way! and he ran towards Kenny Dalglish. Kenny Dalglish picked him up, put him on the side. He was wriggling that much, he fell on the floor. I've still got that football in my in my museum now tonight. It's still there, mate. And I tell you what, it's it, when I'm dead, all my football memorabilia will go to Adam anyway. So it's his anyway. But like, what an absolute beautiful moment! Mm. I love it football been... so much. I love football so 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 much. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it must have been it, Tommy. It must have been special for you getting the winner up for Watford then at Anfield, wasn't it? When you mm. when you yeah yeah. I, I mean, as you did, can imagine like. It was the first time I'd played at Anfield. I'd been on tours of the stadium with my dad. We, we used to go to Anfield probably once a season, but we'd always go to Wembley because, ironically, from Middlesbrough, it was easier for us to get to Wembley than it was to, to Liverpool. So we'd go for a cup final because they were normally in one. Yeah. Um, and so it, I'd been down the steps, touched the, the plaque um, as a as a eight, nine, ten-year-old kid, and then to play there in, in the Premier League and then score my first Premier League goal there. And, and my parents were in the uh, in the away supporters that day. It was, it was pretty special, put it put yeah. it that way. Mm -hmm. Because it was, our, it was Watford's first win in the Premier League as well. Yeah. Um, so it was a big day for us. But personally, I didn't touch the plaque on the way out, but I certainly touched it on the way in. You can't <laughs> beat moments like that, uh, Tommy. You know what? There are times in life when something just happens and they are just undescribable. They're brilliant, right? For me, another one of mine was uh, I went to the new Camp just for a visit, right? There was more people at the new Camp than there is at St. Andrews every week. <laughs> there wasn't even a game on, right? Um, don't have your photograph taken with the um, Champions League. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I sang yeah. Keep Right On to the end of the row. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't video it. Right, I was on my own. I sang Keep Right On in the new camp on my own from start to finish. And uh, an, uh, an amazing place, huge, huge. But I tell you what, the views, oh, mate, it's so restricted all over the place. It really is. Mm. Uh, but I understand they're going to build a new one anyway, so... Oh, Tommy, I, I stumbled on a South End review video I was watching. And honey, <laughs> how did you stumble on that? Well, I, I, I just did. Can, can you sleep? And it was the year Barry Fry left Southampton to come to us. Southend, right? yeah. And I'm watching this review of the season, and Ricky Otto's running rings around everybody. And there's this bloke called Mooney playing centre <laughs> forward. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognise because you got hair. But yeah. did you play under Barry Fry during that season? He he signed me that that season. I'd been at, at Scarborough for three years. Who were there? Yeah, well, there's no point saying that. Sorry, Tommy, but he signed everybody. He signed, <laughs> he signed the country. Is that <laughs> so me? Now he didn't sign. He signed me that summer, and uh, obviously you mentioned Ricky there and. There's three or four when he when he got the blues job, there's three or four players, and he tried to bring me to Birmingham then. Right. The South End chairman put a stop to it because he'd taken Ricky, he'd taken a few a few of the players. I can't remember who, who they were, but there's two or three left, and the chairman said that's it, no more. And I'd I'd had a half decent start for for Baz at South End. I think five goals in my first ten games in the championship because I'd never played at that level before. I'd played in league two for three years as a kid at Scarborough. Um, and he tried to take me. Then Peter Taylor came in at South end and didn't me and him didn't get on. Um, right. So eventually later that season. So I actually played 10 games, I think for South end that season and then went to Watford in the March time. So why didn't you and Peter Taylor get on? He, he's not my cup of tea. Right, okay, leave it at that. That's it. I told, well, I, I told I, you earlier. No, 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 tell you. us more. No, 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 we said that Yes, he, no he did sign three or four from Southend the following season. But over, over, over the period, and you were the last of the line, there was about seven players in that Southend sign, people like uh, Eddie, Eddie Edwards and, and the goalkeeper, Sansom, he played for us. Uh, yeah. And you were the last in the line, but obviously... Barry didn't assign you for Birmingham, but I, I thought, and it was it was great because I, you know, uh, uh, Gary uh, Gary Paul, Gary Paul, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was re- re- really interesting. And 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 that season, when Barry was there, you, you were up, up in in uh, going for promotion, and by the time the season finished, this review said you only just stayed up. That's why I don't like Peter Taylor. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Question here from the Don Kavanagh. Does Tommy ever read fellow players' autobiographies? If so, yes. Which is your favourite? Mm. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't tend to read autobiographies that that much. If I'm honest with you, particularly not not football ones. Um, I've read Troy's just to see if I got a mention. Did you? He wasn't particularly. He wasn't no. particularly kind. Did we? Really? Did we get mentioned? <laughs> <laughs> Have you spoken to him since? Yeah, I've spoken to. Him. I played golf with him last, last week, actually. Oh right, okay, okay. Still. Look, when you when you speak to him next, right? Tell him this comes from the heart. 
all we want him to do is be successful at those. We do, right? yeah. yeah. We do. That's yeah. it. That's it. And he's, he's iconic. We love him to bits, but we want him to be successful. We want to bang them fucking goals in like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, that's and all he wants as well, Nick. Don't worry. I know. I know. But no, tell him, there's no do, do tell him. That's all he wants. We, we don't hate him. We love Troy Deeney. We love Troy Deeney, yeah. especially yeah. scored against a scum. There's <laughs> <laughs> a couple of comments that have, have come in. One great question as well. But ju- just to uh, clarify things, we do actually have a listener called Pete Taylor. And uh, he's just uh, shouting out that he's fake news. He's never met Tommy Moon. <laughs> um, uh, the question that came in was, uh, obviously, you've got a very uh, close friend and good friend of the show in uh, Paul Robinson. Yeah. And the question is, in regards to your playing time, who was the hardest defender or defender you hated playing against the most? Um, I would say uh, the best player, the best defender I played against, the most difficult during my era would be Sol Campbell and Rio Ferdinand, the mm-hmm. two hardest I found. I With Sol Campbell, um, he gave me a three-yard start in a race over 10 yards and beat me by five yards. He was that quick. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Trying to work that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was so quick and strong. It was just, you know, I, I loved the mental side of, of the, the individual battle, me against whoever was marking me. I loved it. I, I never worked out how to play against those two. And then there's a hardest I probably played against. There was a lad you might remember played for Sheffield United called Chris Morgan. Yeah. yeah. He oh. was <laughs> he was literally, I mean, how my eye sockets and nose stayed in one piece <laughs> when I played against him. But he would he was always one of those. He knew he was going to get it back from me or whoever he played against, but he just cracked on with it. And I liked that personality. I didn't want to see people, you know, when I took an elbow, I never moaned about it. I just thought, right, how quick am I going to retaliate? And I Mm. like that sort of mentality to a professional player. You know, Mm. you can, you can hurt people in a tackle. It doesn't have to be a foul. You know, mm, yeah, yeah. You that. can be you can be strong and you can be hard. You don't have to be nasty. Yeah, and I like playing against those strong, hard players. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you got glasses saying... on. You got glasses on now, right? Okay. Yeah. Did you need glasses when you were playing? No, I started. Okay. I started wearing these. And I only need them to read and see you guys. Um, <laughs> I'd take them off if I were you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially um, if it, when you got to look so, at Mark. So, what, what the players do that need, need, need a pair of glasses? What do, do they wear contacts during a game? Because I mean, them you get an elbow yeah. in one of them, and that could like be blinding you, couldn't it? Yeah, no, a, a lot. You'd be surprised how many how many players wear lenses. Yeah, really? I, I, mm. fortunately, I never had to. I, I've been wearing these for maybe ten years, just to, to read long after I retired. Probably uh, the most ad hoc question you've ever had in your life, mate. <laughs> it's a first. It's a first, Nick. I've never, I've never been asked about my glasses. I was just going to say, Paul, before we, before, we, if, before we come back to um, uh, Tommy and and the, the uh, one to one to eleven and so forth, and the who, don't forget the who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 there is a few questions I asked earlier on. Uh, some of them. Range from the the daft to the stupid, but I think we should we should address these really. Anyway, we've we've, we've talked about Dina. Do we think he's going to be head coach? Well, I think one day's one day maybe. One day we agreed mm. on that. Yeah. yeah. 
Probably destined um, to be, Chris, to be honest. Oh, I think so. I think so. I think so, too, yeah. Um, and what do we think about the planned hostile protests? Do we think, should we, should we give it airtime? Um, I'm all for it outside the ground. Um, mm. But, I mean, inside the ground as well, but not during, not during the game. I don't think during the game, you know, to, to interrupt the game is, is, is the way forward, in my opinion. I think it's best to do it in the car park outside like we have been doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all for I'm all for the change of ownership, just like anybody else. Peaceful protests. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, peaceful protests is uh, yeah. is my opinion. Yeah. Um, young players to look out for next season. What for us? Mm. No, Nico. Yeah. Nico Gordon's going to be class. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping. Was... I'm hoping. Sorry, Mark. I'm hoping Josh Andrews breaks in as well from the under twenty threes because. He's been mm. out on loan, hasn't he? He's scored a few goals for the under twenty threes, and mm. they're calling the baby. They're calling the baby Ziggich, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, have you seen much yeah. of him, Tommy? Uh, I've seen. I've seen a couple of the games this season. Yeah, he's he's got a chance, the lad. Yeah. Okay. Fingers crossed for him then. But having said that, Tommy, you know what? When you've got a chance, you've got to take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, who is the most likely to appear to appear on the last ever show? Is it Paul Schwinn, Sugar, or Mr. Fun? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Sugar's in the running. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Gary Turner allegedly says, uh, Why is Bo Bayer being stitched up by Gardner and Deeney? Okay, okay. Um, uh, which young players would you like to see? I want to see Odin Bailey and Josh Andrews, says, yeah, yeah, says cool. Stephen Gill. Uh, Keith Hartman says, uh, what time is the show? Oh, uh, and, we'll, and, again, <laughs> and again, we're back to the rumours of... Yeah, well, yeah. let's hope it, let's hope it happens because we, we've got good people in the club, you know, in, 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 in important positions now, obviously. Yeah, you know, backroom stuff, yeah. Yeah, Craig Gardner, Ian Dutton, you know, what they're doing has been good. I think what they're doing has been good. And I'd like to see Lee Bowie give them more time as well. Um, Absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We did and say think, last week, yeah, yeah. And I think with and the, with we the did back, a poll. Yeah, and I think with the backing, with the right backing, um, yeah. you know, it, it can work if, if we if we, uh, if we just give it a bit more time. And I've said on here before, you know, I know they lost 7-0 tonight, but Luton have had an unreal season. Um, you know, and um, you look at Huddersfield up there. You know, you look at yeah. um, Coventry do having Coventry a decent season. Sales, yeah, yeah. Um, and and they've all been in worse positions than us with the same managers. You know, so if you give a manager a bit of time, it can turn it round. You know, it can get better. And I don't think we've had much luck this season with the officials' decisions and injuries. Um, so you know, if we can get a little bit more luck, um, yeah. get the wage bill down a bit. You know, um, mm. and try and get some because sometimes most of the best players that we've signed have either been. Free, you know, free transfers on, or, on loans, or, yeah. or, or loans or loans, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, Bakuna, Bakuna's been a really good signing, hasn't he? And he was like, four oh, years I think, ago. yeah, um, I think that was a cracking signing, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whether or not we can get Hernandez next season, I'd love to think we could, but I don't, I don't think we will. Um, I think we you know, know we can yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler um, as well. What about what about Chong? Chong, if we got a chance yeah. of getting Chong as well, that'd be good. I know he's had an injury, Paul, but like, mm. yeah. wow, he was he was brilliant early part of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's been unlucky yeah. with with the mm. division. I so think when you've got goes. probably he 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 would have shown to be probably the best player in the division. We had the best goalkeeper in the division, mm. and perhaps the second best goalkeeper at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, and we lost half a season of both of them. Mm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And you know. 
and we lost Sanderson and we lost uh, McCree and we got yeah. a centre-half uh, who could be the next Rio Ferdinand and we lost him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I really wonder sometimes when I read the complaints, what, what are we actually expecting here? I, I know we expect better than what we've got, but I'm going, I'm going back to my friend Mark here. We'd have done really with that situation. We'd have done really well to start to get halfway with, with the circumstances of our season. And we can blame this person, that person, or whatever. But the fact is, we pulled master strokes to get a team out some weeks. Uh, yeah. yeah. I will, I will yeah, say don't that don't forget that back in our day, you know, we all remind me, Alan. What, what, who it was because I can't remember, right? And we were all asked to like chip in to buy a player. Oh, yeah, um, Keskis Lee, Brian, that was Brian Roberts. No, Brian Roberts, yeah, Harry. I think for me, the sad thing for me is there's so many fans around me where I sit, you know, that have been going 25 plus years as season ticket holders that are mm. talking about not going back next season, yeah, and, it's and, so and, and this, yeah, it looked the same at the Cardiff on Saturday. I was talking to a few, you know, a few people and. A lot of people saying that's it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. That you know that I'm done after this season. I, I've had it. I've, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, but, but you're, just you're, however, as well. however yeah. if something major happens, right? Mm. If something really major happens, like i.e., we get rid of these horrible current owners that have dragged our club to the depths of destruction, if we can get rid of them and get somebody who cares. And wants to invest in the name Birmingham, second mm-hmm. biggest city in the world, uh, in the That's country, right, yeah, yeah. second biggest city in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The potential. And there's not a football team called London. Hmm? No, the potential there is fantastic. It really. Is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tommy, Tommy, we asked you to pick your one to eleven, didn't we? From the players you played with for us. Before you, you do it, though, I just want to ask you: Who was the best player you played with for us? Four Blues. Yeah. That's a really easy one. The most impressive one was Dugarry. And Christoph came in. He was, he was. Um, I never got to play with him in a in a league game, but when he came into the group, and obviously that was the year where I was going back out on loan to Championship teams. But he, for somebody who's won the World Cup and the Euros, for him to just come into our dressing room the way he was as a person, as a man, which yeah. is essentially how I judge people before them as a footballer. Um, he was just unbelievable. Yeah. But then once mm. once you were on the, the training pitch and then we, we played in together in games behind closed doors, he knew what he was doing with his fifth touch before he took his first one. Wow. wow. And, and that was rare. That was very rare. I mean, I, I was lucky. I played for 20, 21 years as a pro. I've never seen anybody with his ability. No, he was unbelievable. Oh, he was in Zidane's one to eleven, wasn't he? Zidane picked the best players he'd ever played with in his career, and he was in it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Blimey, blimey. Yeah, they were. They, they. I mean, their best mate between the two of them, they own, they own Bordeaux. So, yeah. whatever vineyards that they've got, but it, Christoph used to ring Zidane every day at lunch, and we used to sit around his phone and just listen to Zidane, Zidane's phone. <laughs> 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 what a player! Like, yeah, I used to leave and I'd just I'd ring my dad up and say I've just 
just been speaking to Zinedine Zidane. And I, had, wow. I was just listening to Christoph speaking to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our last game then is against Blackburn this coming Saturday. Is it Saturday? Saturday? 12 o'clock? Yeah. 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 Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, for reasons beyond my control, and I cannot go into details, but I will on the next show that we do, uh, I cannot go. I cannot go, right? But it's nothing... I just simply can't go into details, right? Okay. Don't they? Come on, mate. I tell you what, by next season, get the stadium sorted, get the club sold, find out who owns the stadium, buy it back. Let's be Birmingham City again, once again. Let's play 4 4 2. Let's rip this lead to shreds. Mm. Please. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Paul, so, Paul yeah, who? Tom, who? Yeah, yeah, uh, Tommy's 1 to 11, mm. sorry. we just got to go oh. through your 1 to 11. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take oh. it. You're playing 4 4 2, Tommy? Um, I've, I'm going to play 4 4 2 just to get a couple of people in the team. Okay. Like I said earlier on, you've got to get your best players on the pitch. I think yeah. so, a couple of them will surprise you, but I'm happy to explain my reasons why. Go, go for, it. for it then. Go so yeah. obviously, I've got Nico Vassen in goal. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, um, we signed on the same day. We were in the hotel for three months together before we moved into our houses. We were roommates, but he was the only goalkeeper that I played with at Birmingham. So he's not there by default. He's there because he's a good goalie, but he is the only goalie I, I played with at Birmingham. Okay, and then I've gone a back four: Granger at left back. Brilliant! Yeah. Brilliant. I'm sure yeah. he gets in most people's of my Georgia. era mm -hmm. at Birmingham. Uh, Michael Johnson left-hand side centre-back yep, just did, did everything and brilliant in the dressing room and then I've gone for Steve Vickers at centre-half okay explain that one the way that he came in and, and just calmed everybody down really in right, the emotion okay. running he'd done it all before seen it all before at Birmingham yeah. he was just brilliant and, and, a, and another great human being I think um, every time every time Tommy we've got out of this league into the Premier League on, on like you know the three or four occasions we've done it, we've always had you know the players that are 32, 33, 34 upwards. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Craig Courtney, helps. can we, Craig Courtney, can we work on Steve Vickers, please, for a show? We can try. Bless you. Cheers. Off you yeah. go, uh, Tommy. Only got a couple uh, of weeks to do it. <laughs> <laughs> At right back, the the obvious choice would be Jeff Kenner, but I'm going to go for Nicky Eden, and right. I'll tell you why, because. If I look back on a lot of my goals for Birmingham, the year we were promoted, until Jeff came, Chunky was in the team. Yeah. So, um, Chunky was brilliant for me because I knew yeah. whenever he got the ball, he'd take one touch and whip across it. Okay. Whenever right. he got the ball in the right-back spot, he'd take one, one touch and put it in the channel. So, he was perfect for me personally. So, it's probably a selfish choice, but he was perfect for me because... I knew what he was going to do. So, therefore, yeah. mm -hmm. I knew what I needed to do. Got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, I understand that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, that, that, that's the reason I put Junkie in at right back. Midfield, I've gone for a four just so I can get me two wide players in. In Stan Lazaridis. Mm -hmm. And, obviously, we've explained the relationship that Stan and I had and, and between the two of us playing that one mm -hmm. role. Um, but he was again another great bloke, the yeah. biggest, the biggest head you've ever seen in football. I know, I literally. Thought... <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but loved the banter. 
he he had this he had a sixty five inch sky glass screen for a forehead before sky glass <laughs> even thought of it. But loved loved the banter, Lazar, and he was brilliant in the dressing room. On the other side, I've got to go for Devs because oh, yeah. Yeah, very similar me. to Chunky. Mm. I knew he wouldn't have one touch. That was the mm. thing with Dev. You knew he'd have four or five touches, move the ball quickly, and then put a cross in. So he was a pleasure to play with in that respect. Middle middle of the park, I've gone for um, Stephen Clements. I just think he was pure class. Excellent. Mm. Pure mm. class in possession of the ball. Yeah. And the other one would be Martin O'Connor. Yeah. Like I've toyed yeah. with it, but there's a spell when things weren't going well for Trevor. Martin got the dressing room together and kept it together. Yeah. And I, I like that sort of footballer and person. Mm-hmm. And he was just brilliant in the dressing room. Never, never played at all when Brucey came in, but was still just as happy when we got promoted as everybody else. Mm-hmm. He was a proper team player, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Top man, top bloke. We've had we've had Martin on the show as well. Yeah. Top bloke, yeah. top bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I still, I, I still call him Skip. He's one of yeah, the, we yeah. do. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. We all yeah. do. Yeah. 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 Everybody whenever whenever anybody captain. comes on who's played with Martin, he's always in the team. He's always yeah. in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he horrible troubles. teeth, but he's a great bloke. <laughs> <laughs> he, keeps, he, keeps, he keeps trying to tell us he's paid you a tenner each to put him in. Always <laughs> <laughs> had to take a second job. <laughs> <laughs> it cost him more than that. <laughs> and then I go, we front two, we've already mentioned one of them, Christoph. Oh. Genuinely, the best footballer I've ever had the pleasure to to be on a pitch with, albeit not in a first team game. And then the other one is my northern mate Jeff Horsfield. Ah, brilliant, Jeff! Because again, you know, it, it it wasn't our ability on the pitch that got us promoted. It was the dressing room. I firmly yeah, yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah, and the characters we had in that dressing room, the weak ones didn't last long because it was a horrible, harsh dressing room. But in a good way, yeah. You know, the, the mm-hmm. banter was the banter was the rawest I've ever experienced. But that tells you what a group of men it was. You know, yeah. you could say anything mm-hmm. you wanted to any of those players, and they'd take it in the right way. And I yeah. genuinely think that that's that's what Brucey's seen, and that's what Brucey managed. He managed the egos and the personalities in that dressing room. Yeah, you know, yeah. And just said, "Go out and play." Any um any any good pranks you, any good pranks you can tell us about Tommy that happened amongst the uh, group? Uh, but most of them are not fit for air. <laughs> <laughs> to be okay, but, that's that's one of them. Well, neither of you, neither of you, neither of you got any anyway. So really Tommy, to we've had we've had Barry Fry on. I rest my case. I did have, got a blue button. Uh, Manchester United two Brentford nil. Uh, who cares? I, I, I came. I came back from my loan spell at Stoke and um Oh I lived near there. We'd signed Sav by then. And yeah. uh he I had a really good peg. Just by chance when I signed, the peg was available. I like to be quite near the door. I don't want to be in the middle of a wall. So where I got changed at the training ground was a good peg. So I kept it. <laughs> then when I went out to Stoke, come back and Sav was using my peg. 
So, as you can imagine, I politely asked him to remove his clothes from my peg. And uh, he gave me a mouthful of abuse, as you'd expect from South. So I said to him, well, listen, I'm going to go and get my ankle strapped. If you haven't moved your stuff, I'm going to put it in the bath. So I came back, got my ankle strapped, and he went home in wet clothes, put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I I bet he laughed about it, though. No, he didn't. He was an angry man, but he wasn't going to come after me, was he? (laughs) One Tommy Mooney. Tommy, what we do now is we do something. You, you've heard you've heard Chris press the button. He's gone ooh a few times yeah. tonight, yeah. and uh, we we've actually got um, a little task for you now called right. ooh. So Chris is going to play someone speaking now that's, that was in the squad. Um, I'm not going to say you played with him because you've already kind of given that away, but um, he was in the squad the season that you was. Um, yeah. He's going to play him talking for ten seconds, so we want to see if you can get him. Ooh, mm. ooh is this? Okay, and, and none of us have heard this either, so uh-huh. it's going to be one of them. Okay, here we go, here we go. Hope, hope it's the right one there, Paul. If you, it brings back the memory of... of... Sorry, but you I was just going to say, Tommy, if you think you know who it is, <laughs> if you think you know who it is, right, just give us the first letter of his surname yeah. and we'll see if our viewers can get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got to make sure he's... Here we go. It brings back the memory of, of sort of being on the pitch. As I said to you before, looking at the scenes and seeing it, seeing it unfold and seeing this, this sort of wave of aggression. Mm. There you go. Very short. You, want, you want it again, Tommy? Yeah, go on, let me hear it again. Is that from the promotion year or from the Premier League? Ah, I from can't the, give you any from, more clues, mate. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. No, no. He, he was in the promotion. He was in the promotion. Oh, Paul, you've let the side down. <laughs> go, on then. go on then. Give me another go. It brings back the memory of, of sort of being on the pitch. As I said to you before, looking at the scenes and seeing it, seeing it unfold and seeing this, this sort of wave of aggression. So he played. He played for us in the season we got promoted. That's all I'll say. I haven't got a clue. Uh, no idea. Uh, no. Because Holsworth says uh, Dave that's a, Wine. That's a good effort, isn't it? But it's not. No. Fellow Roy Walker, now, don't I? That's good, but it's not right. It's not right. Adam says uh, Horsfield. No. Come on, no. Tommy. You got fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. <laughs> He came in on loan uh, for a short spell um, when we had a few difficulties in a certain position. That's all I'll say. That's another clue. Oh, hang on. I thought that was the bloke talking then. It brings back the memory of, of sort of being on the pitch, as I said to you before, looking at the scenes and seeing it, seeing it unfold and seeing this, this sort of wave of aggression. Mm. It sound, that sounds like a Manchester accent. I can't... I can't I'm going to go... I'm going to go H. Am I right, Paul, or not? No. No. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but Dave Twine, who said Holdsworth, you're wrong. Adam BCFC Walsh, who said Horsfield, you're wrong. (laughs) It's not not Nicky Eden either. No. It's a Manchester accent. Last clue, then. He he came to help us in goal, because I think we had... We were really struggling in goal. I think Nico Vassen got injured. Um, Andy Marriott? No, no, no. That was the Premier League. So it's the season before, isn't it, in the championship? What club did he come from? I think he came in on loan from Sheffield United. Mark's uh, got it now, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah Mark knows it. anyway. I'll, yeah. I know anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know anyway. He played, he played about half a dozen games. Um no. had him on loan. It was before it was before Bruce came. I bet I, it was when I brought me brought my ankle, wasn't it? I probably yeah. never played with him. I don't, yeah, that's probably why you never played with him. Yeah, Dave Twine's know. got it. Dave Twine's got it. Is it Kelly? Yes. Yeah, it's Yay! Oh, well, Here we go. We're into the last 15 minutes of the show, ladies and gentlemen. 
And of course, because it's been the uh, snooker snooker finals this weekend, bank holiday weekend, of course, anything to do with snooker and football, anything to do with snooker and football. And I'm going to start you off with Frank Q. Drew. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think this is an episode of Tilt and Chalk Show. Before we're waiting for a few more to come through, um, big uh, a big game yesterday at St Andrews for the Birmingham City Ladies. Absolutely, yeah. Such a shame to lose the game to. Should we say, probably the most dubious penalty I have seen. Um, but they've still put up a good show. Still two games to go, so it's still mathematically possible. It's got to be tough, but it's still mathematically possible to stop. Craig, it. Craig, did you did you see the um, the crowd at Newcastle yesterday? Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable! Like, 20,000. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm thinking, oh, that you know, that's a big crowd for Newcastle, you know. But then, then somebody told me they're in the fourth, they're in the fourth tier. Yeah. So from a perspective of where we are, you know, we, we've got a we've got a few hundred that come down to St Andrews, but you look at the general uh, attendances across the ladies Premier League, and it's getting bigger all the time. But yeah, yeah. Newcastle, lower two years, twenty two thousand, fourth tier. In the okay, league. so we've got That's Alan incredible. Ball, Alan Ball, uh, Ricky Potto, uh, <laughs> Kingsley Blackball, <laughs> Graham Potter, uh, Alan Saint. Excellent. Maximum, right? Okay, we'll that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Alan Saint Maximum, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Very good. Um, ladies and gents, next Monday night. I, I'm, I'm unfortunately I can't be with you next Monday night because we've got some. No, nobody nobody's will be here next. Nobody's here next Monday night. Are we not doing one? No. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, next, oh, next, Chris, next, I'm going to miss you so much. <laughs> the next show is on the t- the next show and the last show is on the 23rd of May. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, uh, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Auntie June passed away a couple of weeks ago. And my Auntie June was the wife of my Uncle Fred, who took me to my first game. My cousin Steve, Timmy Dawson, who's also sadly passed away, and my dad. And it's a funeral next Monday, so... Yeah. Nah. Uh, Dealey had a ball over a pocket. Had a ball over a pocket. <laughs> George Rest. Uh, George Rest. <laughs> oh, Tom, I love that one, mate. I love that one. You got any, oh, Tommy? Tommy, any, any ideas on this word association, snooker or football? No. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Uh, no, Nick, we've got uh, Paul Gill with Frank Rackaveni. That's a good one. Uh-huh. What about Steve Crucible? Steve Crucible? I've never heard of anybody yeah. called that. Oh, I've seen Bruce. 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 Oh, Brucible. Bruce. Oh, Brucible. Oh, Bruce. oh, Bruce. oh, Bruce. oh Bruce. God. Okay. Okay. Wrong one. Gary Paul. Bomber Brown. Frank Shane. <laughs> Frame Martin. John Frame. Oh, I like John Frame. I like John Frame. That's that's there. It's up there, up there, up there. <laughs> also got to have a shout out. Congratulations to Solio Morse. I think they've got three, four games to go and secure a playoff spot. Playoff. Yeah. 
Yeah, again, a phenomenal season. Mm. Let's hope this time they can do it into the football league. I was talking to somebody, earlier, talking right. somebody earlier about this as well. I mean, do we? I mean, if they do get promotion, how do we think they're going to get get on in League Two? Bomber oh, Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, <right> sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I think they'll, they'll obviously have more resources, won't they? So there's no reason mm. why they can't do all right. Because I mean, I think they've got a the ground old bunch around them as well. People that yeah, run the a, club are superb. It's a well-run mm. club, it really is, yeah. But I mean, the ground capacity is what something they say five thousand, but I mean, it was three thousand five hundred. Yeah, and it was and it was sold out. So the new stands, yeah. nice, isn't it? I've been there. I went there yeah. in the FA Cup against mm. Wigan. It's a nice, uh, nice ground. Yeah, it's looking, looking good there. Mm. Be interesting. Mm. Can, you imagine if your... can you imagine if we got them in the League Cup? Yeah. Can you imagine? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's either, either ground, really. It'd be interesting. Either yeah. ground, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, what was Chris? We've got Ray Hobro coming in. <laughs> Go on, Craig. I was just going to say there's a couple of people that have passed comments and. Um, it, it, they're basically saying that if people can go down and demonstrate at St Andrews, then can they start a demonstration to stop us from stopping the show? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Look. Right. All good right. players, right. Stop, 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 stop. All good things come to an end. Otto, Mark, Craig, Paul, Tommy, Chris, me. No matter what, no matter what, right? Mm. The show will go on. You got all the gear there, Nick? Mm. No, do you know what I've got? I've got Chris Brown, who's going to be the best man at my wedding in July, right? Because I love that man with all my heart, soul and everything, right? He has, he has, he has done more for me than he ever, ever knows. He cooked me a piece of... <laughs> he cooked me a piece of toast one night when I was starving, right? And he supplied wasabi peas. The Tilt and Talk Show will not end. End of. Mm. <laughs> we'll be back in 23. <laughs> Russian last question. Keeper. Last question from me for Tommy. Best yeah, piece of advice you were given, Tommy, in your career? Never go on to talk. Mark, what have you been? What you been eating vinegar for? Focus on that. Wait till you retire before you do a podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. I think it, I was always taught the harder you work, the luckier you get. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think as well a done. as a centre forward that. It's it's often worth keeping that in mind. Yeah, it's, I'm a I'm a salesman. I, I'm a salesman. It's exactly the same in my trade as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I get I get that. I get all of it. Right, um, Chris, blues, sorry, blues. Stone, Chris Brown balls. <laughs> yeah, Sullivan's just winning the frame. He's won it. Yeah, he won it. Oh yeah, yeah. Has he won it? Has he? Yeah. It's, it's seven times now, and he's matched Stephen Hendry, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's the greatest, isn't he, Ronnie? I am not, Paul. I'm disgraced that you've used the word Henry on the show. Ugh. What? <laughs> oh, oh, it's spelled it's, 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 it's differently, Nick. Is it? Yeah, oh, it's, right, spelled it. a, it's spelled with a Y. It's acceptable. 
That's acceptable. <laughs> wow, Tommy Mooney, Tommy Mooney, Tommy Mooney. Never in my whole life did I think uh, I'd get the opportunity to talk to you, mate. And probably Mark, Craig, Alan, Chris and Paul thought the same because, you know what, we saw you at St Andrews, man, you were a machine and we knew that when Tommy Mooney had got that ball, it was going in, it was going in. You've been an absolute gentleman tonight, sir. An absolute gentleman. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And we immortalise every single one of our shows, right? So that they will always be there for future generations to look up and listen to if they choose to do so. And, wow, what a team we've got around us. Paul Lipkiss, right? I know you've been poorly for a few weeks, mate. I'm so glad to see you back on the road again, bud. I know it's not, not... I know it's not quite right yet, mate, but you, you'll get there. Do you know why you'll get there? Because we've all got our arms around you. Huh? Every one of us. Every single one of us. Mark Andrew Adams, he turns up in a bathrobe every week, for Christ's sake. No other radio show or, 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 or you know, blog <laughs> like this could, could ever contemplate turning up in a bathrobe every week. And then we've got the chairman, chairman of the board, the lovely Alan Mott, and... Uh, is he older than Linda? Isn't he? We'll have a competition soon, ladies and gents. We'll have It'll a be my birthday the week of the next show. <laughs> Happy birthday to oh, you. Save it. Save it. Oh, <laughs> have I ever mentioned it's my birthday on Christmas Day? <laughs> no, I never. I didn't think I had because it's not an interesting subject. You didn't say it was the first Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> Alan, oh. <laughs> What a takedown that was. <laughs> I've got some comebacks, but they're probably far too rude to use, mate. <laughs> well, just quickly, Nick. Um, uh, yeah, go, Paul. Keith, Keith Harborn's asking your prediction for Saturday time, mate, Blues v Blackburn at St Andrews. Um, I, I think it'd be a Blues win, not not necessarily just because of the, the form and the better performance at Cardiff, but I think it's over for Blackburn, isn't it? And they're in free for all, so... It yeah, is, it is, it is, Tommy. But you know what? It's not over for us because we need that win to just keep us smiling through the summer. Mm. Mm. Well, mm. and that's it. It's back at St Andrews, isn't it? It's always yeah, if you yeah. game of the season, no matter where you finish in the mm-hmm. league, even if there's nothing on the game. If your last game is at home, then in theory there is something on it, isn't there? Because you've got a, you, you're playing for your place in the team next season. What I'm going to ask you, what I'm going to ask you, every single Birmingham City player, go out there and give it the lot. Give it the Mooney. That's all I'm asking, right? <laughs> give it the Mooney. No, because, like, there's no good turning up against Cardiff and saying, oh, we're on the beach. No, no, there's one game to go. And if it hadn't been for points deducted, we would have been relegated this season. That's the truth of it. And that can not happen next year. Mm. Yeah, it's getting a bit uh, repetitive, isn't it, every single season, yep. being in the same place all the time. Um, yeah. And I honestly think he's changing the manager every season that's causing it, really, if I'm honest. Yes. Oh, ridiculous, it, mate, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just stick with him. Can yeah. you imagine what a new manager would have to do with that squad? Exactly, People, yeah. we, people we own, people we don't own, people mm. are out of contract, people are in contract, uh, and he wants to bring in six players of his own. Mm. Couldn't do it. It's impossible. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was young. I was young. Okay, so the rebuild has to be slow. It has to be controlled, but it has to be because we cannot stand this anymore. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Tilton Talk Show on a Monday night, 7.30 through till 9. Sponsored by Boyle Sports, the principal sponsor of Birmingham City Football Club. M&A Riley, our good old French polishers, and of course the Garrison Coffee Company. We have been in the presence tonight of the wonderful chairman of the board, Alan Martin. Good evening, everybody. Have a good no, night, no, Alan, Alan, sorry, it's good night, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching running. Uh, good night. Everybody. God bless you all. Um, my mate Craig Courtney, such a lovely smile. Uh, good evening, all, and don't forget good final night, show. Good night, all. Good night, all. Good evening. Final show, twenty third. It's going to be a special one. We've got the one and only Ian Dutton joining us. So. Ian Dutton. Couple of weeks to think of your questions, but please, we'll get as many as we can asked. Send them through in advance, and we'll make sure they're there. Great to know that we've got interaction with the club now, right? Great to know. And please, uh, gentlemen that are on Zoom tonight, please don't go after this because there's something I need to tell you. Right? Um, thanks. Oh, as always, the one. And only. I mean, like, who turns up in a robe? Who turns up in a robe? Mark <laughs> Adams. God bless you, mate. Love you. All right, I hope you all have a brilliant week and uh, see you soon. Mark, Stephen Gill has said he hopes at the end of the season you wash your robe because he's got a smell by now. It smells a bit like, um, yeah, a bit vinegary. It must smell like that old flag we used to pass around the cop and tilt. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's great to see Brilliant. It's great to see him back. I know you're not 100% yet, Paul, but you'll get there. And you've got all our support and all our love with you. Uh, great guy, great guy. An incredible memory. I hate you, Paul Hipkiss. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Good night, all. God bless you, mate. Take care. We'll support you till the end of the day. We're so happy following the blues. We love you, what more can we say? Birmingham City, down at St Andrews, we are all supporters of our team. We're chanting super blues, ringing all around. Now all you blue boys know what we mean. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.